Hey everybody, this is Chris, the lead pastor here at Trinity, and thank you for joining us for our online service. I'm going to read from the book of Mark, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab one. We're going to look at verse 26 through 34, two parables of Jesus today. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk and then the head and then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. When it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all the shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word of God to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them anything except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom today as we sit and try to think deep and true thoughts about your word. Jesus, we want to hear you. We want to hear what you're saying to us in these two stories, these two connected, related stories. Lord, I pray that we would have wisdom and receive wisdom and insight revelation from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So these stories are about the kingdom. And because you're likely uh, an American, most of us listening to this are from the United States, we don't have a king or a queen. And so the notion of kingdoms are uh, maybe sentimentalized for us. We don't think of what a kingdom is. And yet Jesus speaks of the kingdom a great deal. So here's what I want you to know about the kingdom of God. When you read the kingdom in the Bible, it is shorthand for the reign and rule of God's authority and dominion. So whenever you hear kingdom, you need to think of the reign and rule of God, the power of God that is able to influence and impact and make change both in you and in all of us. So there's an individual interpretation here, and then there's a collective communal interpretation. So today, we're going to be thinking on a couple of different levels. We're going to think about the the personal um, community at Trinity or in your relationship sphere sense of the kingdom of God growing. And then we're also going to think about the growing of the kingdom in terms of the big picture, the story of the church writ large. So let's look at the story. Number one, we see the first movement in this passage is that seeds are sown. Both stories actually speak of someone throwing seed into the ground. Um, God sows seed in us for sure. That much we know. I think that one of the things that the Lord would want you and me to be looking for and anticipating in our life is that he wants to drop seeds of his authority, seeds of his kingdom, seeds of his dominion in your life and mine so that things would take root and grow in us. But there's also another application here. The first story, the first parable that we just read actually says that the person who's sowing seeds doesn't really know how the growth occurs. Now that can't be God. So I believe there's a both and analogy here. God is saying through Jesus in this story that he, the Lord, sows seeds. But he also invites people like you and me who are citizens of the kingdom to sow seeds. And I think the best way to understand that first story is that God is doing something and he's inviting you and me as followers of Jesus to also do something to be people who sow seeds. So what does it mean for you to sow seeds of the kingdom? I believe it's 
involving, at least for you and me in large part, speaking truth, calling out the work of God in one another. I believe it means it involves us encouraging one another and doing and behaving and living in such a way that we promote growth in one another. And this requires that we be the kinds of people who, like God, turn outward and face one another. I believe the Lord wants you to be the kind of person who's always looking to sow seeds in Jesus' name. And so one of the things that I think we're all invited to see in a moment like this is are we living in a space of scarcity where we're turning inward or are we having and capturing an imagination to turn outward and be like God, a sower of seed for the kingdom? One of the things that I'm aware of is that this season of pandemic and relative isolation and scarcity, which we've experienced worldwide, has caused many of us to turn inward. And one of the things I think a story or stories like this invite us to do is to look at God and his generosity. The Lord is outward facing and generous. And then the Lord would say to us, can you, would you, like God, turn outward toward the needs and the people around you, both people you love and know and those who you might not know or may not even love? The Lord wants us to be outward facing like him. Here's the second thing we see about those seeds. Seeds are sown, but they are also seeds that grow steadily, slow, and invisibly, at least at first. So the second movement in this passage is growth is steady, slow, and at least initially, invisible. And this gets to something that I think we really struggle with in our day and age, which is this. Growth is incremental, not overnight and instantaneous. And we live in a world where we crave instant results. If we want to get in shape, we want to get in shape overnight. If we want to lose weight, we want to lose weight right away. If we want to grow and become certain kinds of people, we want for it to happen really quickly. And yet what we see here in this analogy of growth is that seeds actually have to be hidden to germinate and that growth happens really slowly. And if it's true for seeds and Jesus looked at seeds and said, this is the way the growth works in your life, I think we need to hear this. And maybe especially in a world where we want instant results, we have to hear that growth is slow. You are becoming a certain kind of person, and that will always happen over time. Jesus here is, I think, pointing to something really important. In the text, Jesus says the seed grows of itself. We get from that word in the Greek, the word automatic. That something happens. And I believe that there's an invitation here for you to recognize that if you are able as a follower of Jesus to get in the ground of God's garden, that something automatic happens. This is why I believe that spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines are so important for Christians. Y'all, if we live our life with no intention, if we don't, if you will, find our life hidden in the ground of God's garden, we will not grow and become the kinds of people that we want. If you just let yourself go native, you won't be the kind of person you want to be. And many of us today are beginning to account for and contend with the fact that we're not where we want to be and maybe not who we want to be coming out of this extended season of disruption. But I just want to say to you, you must grow down before you grow up. You must, we must put roots down and roots are inevitably hidden. And in a world that values the external, that values the big and the flashy, there's nothing sexy about doing hidden work. If you want to be, here's another way to put it, if you want to be fruited 
you must be rooted. And I believe that we spend too little time cultivating and tending to the hidden parts of our life. The Lord wants you and me to tend to hiddenness. And there are ways that we can do that. Here's one. Your time with God should not all be externalized. 90% of what I receive in my hidden life with God, I do not share with you. Not because it's provocative, but because I need to hide things. I need to have a hidden and secret relationship with God. Similarly, much of what I experience in my most intimate relationships, I don't turn outward to social media and to other places because I recognize the importance of privileging hiddenness and secrecy in healthy relationships. What the Lord is saying here about rootedness is that you have to be a person who's willing to allow some of your most important work to go unseen, uncelebrated, and unnoticed by others. And yet, y'all, we live in a world where that is so increasingly foreign. We think everybody needs to know everything. We think everybody needs to see everything. And so I want to challenge you to think about what does it look like for me to cultivate a hidden life with God, a secret life, if you will. And one of the problems, especially in recent days in the church, is that whenever we hear about hiddenness and Christians, we're usually hearing about something bad, a hidden affair, um, hidden abuse, hidden lying, hidden embezzlement. And I just want to say to you, one of the things the Lord may be wanting to do through a, a story like these is to redeem the concept of hiddenness. Where is your secret life with God? Where is your secret life with good and safe and trustworthy relationships? The Lord wants you to be hidden. He wants you to be rooted so that the fruit is able to be sustained. It's interesting, right? When something grows really quickly but doesn't have roots, when adversity or storm comes, it falls over. We see that with pine trees in Atlanta all the time. So I work on a rule of life, a way of doing my life with God, and I think you should too. I think in the coming months, we're going to be spending a little bit more time on those ideas here at Trinity to do a kind of post-pandemic discipleship. What does it mean to have a hidden life with God? A life that will sustain you. Number three, the third movement in this passage is this, visible growth is the result of sustained hidden growth, which is what I just said. Your visible growth is always the result of sustained hidden growth. And aside from what I said about rootedness, here's what I want to say to you. When you demonstrate something true and authentic, it's always the result of a work that God's been doing under the surface for a long time. And that's true for the person sitting next to you. This is why I believe that we need to celebrate growth in one another. Even when it seems small. We need to say, I can see that God's been doing something in you for a long time. And now the tip of the proverbial iceberg is showing in your life. It's a beautiful thing. The fourth thing I think we need to sit with in a story like this is this. Seeds grow for a purpose. Here's the purpose. To nourish and sustain and to provide space and shade. When God grows you... And the church, he's growing us so that we would be nourishers and sustainers and so that we would be shade trees. That's where that second parable comes in. Shade for birds to live, an ecosystem for things to live and grow. Did you know that God's call on your life is that you as you grow would be a nourishment and a sustaining force to people around you and that you would create shelter and shade in the community around you? When I think about my own life and my own growth in those terms, I recognize that when God does a good work in me and in you, he's doing it for a reason, y'all. It's never just to make you feel better. 
I mean, growth does make me feel good. But there's something really powerful about recognizing that the outcropping or the manifestation of spiritual growth is always to be a blessing and a benefit to others, to the body, to the wider ecosystem. So growth is never just about you. It's about you doing something and becoming something that then will be a blessing to others. See, one of the things that's unavoidable in this story is that Jesus is saying God's kingdom work is always manifesting for the common good. So after a year of isolation, a year of thinking a lot about yourself, what does it look like for you to nourish, sustain, and provide shade for people around you? I've been asking myself very pointed questions. What does it look like for my life to be a part of that story God's telling? I think you and me would do well to ask that question in an ongoing way. I want you to think about this. Remember at the beginning I said we're going to think about personal devotion in our church, and then we're going to think about the big story of Christianity when I think about the growth of that mustard seed that becomes a branch that shelters, when you think even about the story of Christianity, Christianity went from a fledgling, breakaway, minor group whose leader was murdered, Jesus was murdered, to the dominant religion in world history within 350 years. The kingdom grew from nothing, seemingly, into something that actually has created shelter even for people like you and me. I want to read to you a quote from Nicky Gumbel. He's the pastor uh, at Holy Trinity Brompton in London, a church that I love and visited many times. My daughter actually worked there for a year, and I, I love what he says. He says, the church, the big church, beginning from a handful of uneducated fishermen and tax gatherers, swept across the whole known world in 300 years. It is a perfectly amazing story of a peaceful revolution that has no parallel in the history of the world. Only God can make something grow like that. But here's the thing, y'all. He wants you to grow in a manner that's similar, that nourishes and sustains and creates shelter and shade. He wants Trinity to increasingly, in a post-pandemic world, be that kind of church. He wants us to be the kinds of people who think about not just ourselves, but how what he's doing in us might bless and benefit and shelter those around us. You're a part of a big story. I'm a part of something bigger than me. And we have to continually remind ourselves of such things if we're going to play a part in the big thing God is doing. So I want to challenge you to look at your own life. I believe the most faithful thing we can do with a story, a passage, a teaching like this from Jesus is to look at our lives and say, where are you asking me to be open to growth? But I want to leave you with three questions before we pray the Lord's Prayer today. Questions that you can reflect upon privately or if you're in a group, you could hit pause on the video and you can discuss these among friends or family. Number one, where might God be inviting you to receive and sow seed around you? Where is he looking for you to be a person who receives and then sows those seeds of life? Number two, what does a slowed down spirituality, including healthy hiddenness, what does that look like for you right now in this time of your life? Where does he want you to be slow like the growth of seeds? And number three, where might God be inviting you to give and receive nourishment and shade at this time? And notice I said give and receive. Because the kingdom is about receiving things as well as providing those things. We're now going to pray the Lord's Prayer. But I want to say this to you. We're increasingly worshiping inside. And we hope you'll come and join us if you're in the Atlanta area. It's time to regather, to recommit to coming back into God's house if we're at all able. 
But if you're continuing to worship from a distance and want to receive communion, we just want to say during the week there are communion kits available here for you. And similarly, if this is your church, this is an opportunity to give to support our mission. But if you're checking us out or you're from further away than Atlanta, we just want to say everything's taken care of. We're just really thankful that you're here. Let's pray as Jesus taught us to pray before I turn you loose. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We hope to see you soon here at Trinity on the West Side. Amen.